Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. Sean Dizzle. Mikey Hizzle. Oh, that was celebration right there. Celebration. Happy 20 episodes. Dude, we are 20 episodes up in this mug. And just so you know, all you listeners out there, we made it 17 episodes past the average of podcasters. So, boom. Boom. Insert applause here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's our birthday, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> 20 episodes, dude. That's awesome. It's a great accomplishment. It's fun. And uh, couldn't pick a better partner. You the man. You're so gay. <laughs> That's why it's I love you, though. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah, man. I agree. You, yeah. uh, you make this podcast what it is. Uh, right? shucks so I'm pouring myself a celebratory uh, all day IPA mm. and my frosted well, glass cheers. salute salute excellente indeed or <sighs> as my friend says nastrovia oh yes I think that's Russian Nostrovia. Nice driveway. Yeah. Sweet. Nice driveway. Well, that's what they say. You know, if you can't say (laughs) Nostrovia, just say nice driveway. And everybody knows what you're saying. With the little tongue thing. Nice driveway. Nice driveway. Nostrovia. It does kind of sound similar. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. At least that's how I learned to say it. I feel like I should be drinking some. What do the Russians make? Voltka, Voltka. Yeah, but which brand? Ugh. It's not Smirnoff, is it? That's German. Um, yeah, what brand is it? That's no, the Polish make vodka. Right? Yeah, but Russians are all about their vodka. Uh, you're right. Russians drink a lot of vodka. No doubt about it. Um, or maybe nice driveway was Polish. Yeah, I don't know. I've got it all screwed up. Shoklanya. That's a that's a that's a cheap ass vodka that the Russians make. Oh um, here's one. Hmm. <laughs> Russian standard. <laughs> <laughs> oh Russian standard. They keep it simple. The uh favorite drink of the KGB. Why are we on this Russian kick? Because I said Nastrovia. Yeah, I know. I'm just being like, we're still on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it happens. It's 20 episodes. Here we go. Boom. This is what we do. We just lose it. So, um, full rah, disclosure. Rah, 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 rah. Like Eminem. <laughs> full disclosure. Um, so, 
my refrigerator broke, right? We talked about that. Yeah, dude. Bummer. Bummer. So we're using the mini fridge in the basement behind the bar or under the bar as a refrigerator. And it's a pretty nice size um, mini fridge. And uh, we're able to fit a lot of food in there, but not a lot of beer on top of the food. <laughs> That's what she said? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, sure. Some, I mean, I'm, yeah, okay. moving along. Yeah, so, um, so it took a while. It took a few days before I, I had the epiphany that, hey, you've got a mini fridge. Stop you know, storing all your food in the neighbor's uh, <laughs> refrigerator. Right. Uh, you know, the wife going out in the morning to grab the almond milk so she can make her smoothie. Uh, it's like, come on. Let's think about this. We have a mini fridge. Let's just fill it up. So today I get home from work. The refrigerator is still not working. The guy won't come out for another week or so. Are you serious? Yeah. 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 Seriously. Dang. Um, So, so he comes out in another week or so. And I'm like, you know what? I've got these frosted mugs sitting in the freezer in the, in the freezer that doesn't work. Why don't I just take them outside to the garage where we have a deep freezer where we can store everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can have frosted mugs for my beer since my beer isn't cold. And so that's winning, but I haven't used, I've got a set of six and I haven't used this beer mug for so long. And I guess now that it's starting to melt and the beer is in there, it's starting to taste like soap. So I I think one of us, a little surprise, (laughs) one of us cleaned this mug out the last time I used it and didn't rinse it out good enough. And so now my all day IPA tastes a little soapy Mm, founders. I got one of those in the fridge, but I promise. Hey, so here's a question. The whole thing. Shoot. Are you going to still finish the beer? Oh yeah. You kidding me? I'm a quitter. That's what I'm talking about. You don't leave no soldiers behind. Quitters stay thirsty. It's fucking war, man. You better drink it. So, and then on top of that, this is going to be one of my last beers because I'm going to do Sober October. Good for you. Uh, Beer only. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) So you're going to... So it's a pseudo sober October. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Just sober eliminating October, the beers, eliminating beer, eliminating carbs and all this crap that I've been eating and drinking, making myself fatter and fatter. Just going to cut it all out. There's a distinct difference, man. Like it beer weighs you down, but like liquor, I feel like you can just keep going, you know? Yeah. And then if you do a little bit of exercise in the next day or whatever, you can kind of help sweat it out. But beer is just like. It just sits, right? Yeah. Sits on you. Same thing with pizza. You eat pizza, it's just going to sit on you. Mm-hmm. So you only live once, though. So I'm going to try out this sober, mini sober October and um, hook it up. Stay away from beer. Maybe I'll get a little closer to God. (laughs) 
I don't know about that. <laughs> but maybe, I mean, you know. You never know. If he showed up to my doorstep, you know. He wouldn't have any beer to offer him. I wouldn't cause... have any beer to offer him. <laughs> it's all good. So, yeah, man. Um, if you want to join me on my adventure of no beer for the month of October. I mean, I can, but it really wouldn't be a sacrifice. I don't really drink a whole lot of beer, oh. to be honest. Oh. So, I would have to just... I mean, I could do the opposite of you and only drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> or I could just do it for real and not drink at all. Uh, well, where's the fun in that? There is none. Yeah. Well, never mind. I'll do it by myself. Just help me stay accountable and ask me, hey, yeah, did you have a I'll beer today? I'll support you. I'll yeah. be here for you. Yeah. So, you know, just make sure I'm not drinking any beer. You got yeah. it, man. So, cool. So, 20 episodes. Happy to be here. Happy to uh, have come this far. And, uh, and it's been good. So, when I explain to people, like, what the podcast is, you know, it's the Unchurched Podcast, you know? Like, what the heck does that mean? Well, we, we, uh, we don't go to church, but we're still believers. We're still Christians. Still believe in God, believe in Jesus Christ. Hundred um, percent. Just uh, we're challenging serious things. We're challenging the the stuff that uh, the mode of Christianity and the mode of church going uh, as it stands today in today's culture, and questioning everything, questioning whether or not is valid, questioning whether or not is necessary, and. Um, What's its current impact on society? What's the Christian viewpoint, what it's supposed to be uh, based on truth and a relationship with God and not based on the traditions of the church? So it's been fun exploring things from that uh, vantage point. Holy moly. Sorry, man, that one got away from me. But yeah, for sure, man. Um, I do the same thing, you know. I, if you've listened to any of the episodes we have up, you know by this point, hopefully, if we're doing what we want to do correctly, uh, you know, we we got tired of uh, the mundane. Just God, I lost my train of thought. We'll scratch that. Um, Which means we won't. Yeah. But we're, we're just, uh, we started to see, you know, why, why do we do things the way we're doing them on such a, a big scale? You know, like you can go church to church in your whatever denomination and like, it's pretty much the same thing, you know, just different place. And a lot of the stuff that happens in American church, I feel like is just one, it's, it's kind of backwards and in that, you know, it's basically just a business. I mean, honestly, and I think that's screwed up, man. And I think a lot of people our age agree. I mean, you know, we were just reading a few stats. I know you got a whole lot more, but 
the one that stuck out to me is because I'm a part of this, but 70% of uh, our generation basically stopped attending church, even though they grew up in church. And I'm a product of that, you know, and Michael, I know you are too. And, you know, we're not anti Jesus. We're not anti church, so to speak. We're anti the church that's happening in our society. And, um, anyway, just explaining that to people, man, people of all faiths or no faiths, like they all get behind that somehow. And they're like, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool, man. Like there needs to be more of that. And it's like, hell yeah, there needs to be more of that. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. You know, one thing that, uh, that has always been true is that religion has a tendency to brainwash people and, you know, and I don't mean in a, in a really, uh, I don't mean brainwash in some like intentional type of way. I, I think, uh, it happens in a very unintentional manner. Uh, and that, you know, we're still people and, you know, people crave power and they, they crave influence. And, you know, people crave community and they crave being a part of something. Uh, and, and, you know, the church can be that for a lot of people, uh, but doesn't necessarily mean that it's the most healthy environment for a person nice to grow uh, in their faith. Sometimes the, the large 3,000 seat sanctuary destroys more people than it helps. And um, I think it's a very healthy thing to be willing to question that and to, you know, just to say, well, hey, is this exactly what uh, Jesus intended the church, his bride, to be? Um, Or have we morphed into something that is completely influenced by the selfishness and the evil of man's heart? And I, I, and maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And, uh, but I'm willing to explore that. And I, I enjoy, uh, being able to discuss that and to talk it out, uh, not so that I would be right, but that at least, you know, we, uh, we give each other an outlet to be able to, uh, at least voice how we feel and voice our opinion. Well, and two, 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 uh, to also, you know, struggle and figure things out. And, you know, you, we always like to question things and, you know, we're both, and there's a lot of people like us, you know, Hey, what does this mean? Like, what does the, why does scripture say this thing, but we're doing that or, you know, why doesn't scripture say this or well the scripture is super vague so how do we figure out you know what how do we you know not everything's black and white obviously sure and it seems and again i'm coming out of my opinion is based on pretty much my entire life growing up in church being taught um you know, and the whole thing and be like 
being taught and led and uh, mentored into being coming a pastor and like this is what you do and this is how you do it and this is how the thing works and that is where my opinion is coming from but it's it's black and white and it it's missing a lot of the confusion and messy and struggle that people want. I mean, turn on Netflix. What, what are the number one, you know, uh, watched shows? It's not some Christian, Oh, everything's great. And no one curses and no one gets hurt and everything's awesome. No, we fucking love drama. <laughs> you know, we Indeed. love watching it. We love hearing it. We love talking about it. We love struggling with it. And you know what? I don't care what you say. Everyone at some level loves to be pushed to their limits. It might not be comfortable, but there's something inside of us that enjoys it and kind of wants it. And I feel like that's my whole, like, that's not my whole goal, but. That's part of the reason why I left the church and I'm questioning and I'm figuring things out and I'm, you know, trying to be like, Hey, like there's, there's some things that we can do way better than we're doing, but you can't see that cause you're in there in that building and you have to make that building function because it's literally a business. So yeah. fuck the business. Okay. <laughs> Jesus didn't talk about running a business. He talked about growing a church and a church that is people who are being discipled. And that's our goal, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, piggybacking off of what you said, I always get our, the, the, the phrase wrong, but you always get it right. You know, the, the, what? the church is not the building, right? Oh. Screw the building. Or no, man, I'm fucking it up. Uh oh, look it the up. Church isn't a building. People it's are church. People. Yeah. Screw the building or the unchurched. There you go. That's it. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that summed it up. I guess you know that's the summation of both of our hearts, both of our our thought part thought process uh, when it comes down to whether or not we are part of a church, you know, it's, it's, it's less about, it's less about the building and it's more about the people. And the fact is, is that if you don't have the relationship with people, then you really don't have a church. Yep. You know, just because you go to a place and you sing songs and listen to one man speak for half an hour, 45 uh. minutes, whatever the case may be, <laughs> doesn't mean that, um, doesn't mean that you are really being part of the church because the church is not the building, it's the people. So it requires actual relationship and intimacy with someone other than, you know, the person that you're adoring that's in the pulpit. It's more than that. It has to be more than that. You know, if, if Jesus said that, uh, that people would know that we are his disciples based on our love for one another, that tells us that uh, the church was meant to be more than just a building or a place that we go to, but a relationship that we have with one another. That's what real church is about. You know? Amen. 
but we miss it because we have to pay the rent or we have to pay the mortgage on the building, right? We have to hire a staff. We need a children's pastor and a, and a small group pastor, and we need a women's pastor, and you need a men's pastor, and you need a family pastor. You need a you sound need pastor. Connections a, pastor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need a worship minister. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the but, Lord. By the time you're done paying for all of that, you miss you you lose sight of the fact that oh, and then you got to pay yourself too, right? Uh, by the time you're done with all of that, you've lost sight of the fact that what sets us apart as the disciples of Jesus Christ is whether or not we have love one for another, because that's what the church is to be. Well, and if you ask. I would probably say every single pastor out there of a church, like they would, they would agree about like, Oh yeah, it's totally about relationship. It's not about me. You know, it's what God wants to do through me. It's like, okay. Mm. Second question for you. What if you made money some other way and the church did not pay you to do it? Would you still do it? And I don't really give a shit what they say with their mouth, but it's kind of like, prove it then. <laughs> right. Because yeah, why do you need all this other stuff? Yep. I mean, I don't know that you need it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. I don't, I don't quite understand the business model of ministry. I don't even know how that those two words could be in the same sentence, but they are because that's how yeah. church in America works. Yeah. And if you don't go, you're a sinner. And it's like, well, hang on now. <laughs> right. Snow your roll, B. What you talking about? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, it's just the, the truth is that the church in America doesn't look like the church abroad. And, and it's amazing that we can be so dogmatic about the church in America. And um, we lack the the same level of faith and passion and, you know, vigor concerning our relationship with God than the people that are Christians abroad. Those that are being slaughtered for their faith and actually, you know, dying for it and proclaiming that regardless of their family upbringing, that they're going to follow Christ. And they don't have a church building to go to because they're one of the only ones in their village that, that is a believer in Jesus Christ. Yeah. I like that, that type of where they would hunger, they hunger for community of believers so that their faith can be united together and they can grow in their faith together versus here in America us, you know, us being segregated by the type of denomination that we belong to Baptist versus, uh, I was about to say Palestinian (laughs) 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 Baptist Uh versus Presbyterian (laughs) is really what I was trying to say. Baptist versus Presbyterian versus Palestinian versus, you know, Catholic or whatever. We're, we're so, we, we care less about, being part of the church of Jesus Christ, we pay, we pay more homage to the fact that we are part of a certain denomination 
And Ooh. I'm telling you, bro, me looking at that makes turns me off from the church. You know, m- yeah. one of the many reasons. You know, it, it pained me to say, yeah, I'm non-denominational. People look at me like, what is that? And it's like, well, you know. Well, now it's its own denomination in and of itself. <laughs> it, it has, and that's what it has become. To be non-denominational has become a denomination. You know? Dude, Christianity and church in America anymore, my fear, and I think I'm right in this, but my fear is I feel it's become a luxury. And also, Christ should not, like your faith should not be a luxury. Mm. How so? I mean, we got WWJD bracelets going back. You know, we got shirts that say, you know, all these Jesus-y things. And, like, it's basically a bit, it's a business. There's a social club. There's a way to make money through it. There's a way to make even more profit if you make bumper stickers. And every church has their T-shirts. Every youth group has their T-shirt and stickers. And they're trying to be cool and hip and attract all the kids. And it's like you're trying to sell Jesus. Like you're trying to sell faith. You're trying to sell the yeah. most amazing gift that was given through such a horrible murder. Yeah. And we're whoring it out. And we think we're doing good. Like we think that we're making Jesus happy. That's my biggest thing is like you, you, you're, you're selling out and literally selling things to make profit and you can cloak yourself in non-for-profit 501c3 bullshit all you want but you fucking make money and you spend it on yourselves and it's you know i'm coming against the majority here and i know i say that a lot but i i'm not arrogant enough to think that i can just you know group everyone into this thing but i'm saying from the things that i've seen and lived through on a majority scale across the u.s this is how it is and it's it's fucked up man you know like it's a luxury to be a christian it's not a necessity it's not a desire it's a oh well i don't want to go to hell surely not plus all these other people they got t-shirts and stickers and you know whatever like bouncy houses and trunk or treats and all this cool stuff. And they got the stage and they got the lights and Ooh, this is fun. Like, Oh, Jesus is fun. Now this is like a little fucking circus that you go to. And then, you know, just so happens if you say a prayer, you don't ever have to go to hell. Now that's not faith. That's not Jesus. That's not the message of the Bible. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, I mean, that's it's why less, I, less of a luxury, but more of a country club type of, like a, it's fanfare. It's it's become the popular thing, if you will. Sure, but even a country club is a luxury thing. Not everyone's certain, involved certainly. in that. Certainly. No one. I can't afford to. Well, I probably could, but I wouldn't. <laughs> but yeah. the point is, like, not everyone can be in this club. So if you're lucky enough, or you're privileged enough, or you have what you have to have to be this set apart thing, then you're cool. That's what I mean by luxury. It's it's yeah. like a you know, the weight of sin and like the depravity of the people that we are <laughs> and the amazing gift that God gave that didn't come with a shirt or a bumper sticker or an AC building with lights and sound and 
you know, friggin' stage production. And I don't know, man. It's just, it's weird. And uh, listen, we live in the era we live in. Technology is what it is. It's insane. I get all that. But when church becomes about that, and you have to run the machine so that you can afford that, so that you can continue, that's where I struggle with, like, what's going on here? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And also, real quick, I don't, I'm not saying I have all the answers. And of you know what? Not. I could be totally wrong. Churches Definitely. might be doing the best thing in the world, and I'm the idiot. I admit mm-hmm. that. I don't think that. but you know it's just that's my opinion so take it or leave it no i feel you i do i feel you um yeah you know money is a funny thing it it has the the ability to drive a man crazy to make someone desperate um cause us to make decisions that are contrary to our character uh, in order to attain it. And once there is uh, a, a taste of it, you know, it's, it's when we begin to love it that it becomes the root of all evil. Yep. You know, people have said, you know, that money is the root of all evil is not actually what the scripture says. What it actually says is that the love of the money is the root of all evil. It's not a bad thing to have money. It's not a bad thing to, you know, uh, be able to afford nice things or do nice things for yourself, your family, or other people even. So money is not bad. Um, sure. But, but the love of it and, and allowing its influence to, uh, or allowing it to influence your behavior and to compromise what it is that you know is right and true, that's, that's, that's where a lot of the failure, I think, of the church comes. Because we set ourselves up to, with all of this debt, with all of this stuff under the guise of doing the Lord's work, and we fall short of what the calling really is, um, because we are too wrapped up in the worldly stuff you know and getting bigger and better to to show the excellency of Christ if you will you know I've been to so many churches where stuff is just lined with gold and big <laughs> statues and, and yeah. just to make God look rich and luxurious and the experience of church be so high and mighty as to say this is you know unattainable but we lose sight of like jesus said like you have all of this stuff you know you 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 say all the right words and you're wearing these beautiful robes and you've got the big hat and you you do all this stuff to be seen of men but you forget the weightier matters of the law which is love justice and mercy you know, yep. He he, he said. The, uh, go ahead. No, you go. Sorry. Oh, he said about the all the Pharisees of his days. Like, look, yeah, you got the money, you got this stuff going for yourself. You you 
you're able to give or tithe to the church, anise and cumin and all of these different uh, spices is what he was referring to. And of course, we know spices as things that bring life to a meal, right? It makes things more pleasant. And so his point was you're able to, because of the money that you get and because of you know, your influence in the community, you're able to do all of these different things just because of your status as a Pharisee or as a, a teacher of the law or a, a, you know, a writer of the law or whatever the case may be, whatever position you have in the church. You have this type of influence, but you forget in the end what it's really about. Love, justice, mercy. Yeah. You know? It's sad, but go ahead. <clears throat> I was just, something you said reminded me of, uh, man, one of the the uh, preachers and pastors that I kind of grew up uh, listening to and kind of following, and uh, God's used him in my life personally several times, and... Um, I just, uh, I don't want to say I think the world of him, but he was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he was, he was kind of like a good, you know, figure to look up to. And, um, he would, he friggin' preach, man. David Wilkerson, I'm sure you know him or know yeah. of him, I mean. And, oh, yeah, um, of course. One of my, the, the favorite sermons I go back to when I need a personal gut check, he's preaching against the same thing we're kind of talking about, man. And he's like, you know, you come in here and you go through the motions and you say all the right things and you do all the right stuff, but your heart is not right, you know? And, you know, it's an age old message. It's not like he said anything Jesus hadn't or David hadn't or, you know, Moses hadn't or, whatever sure. but like sure i don't know man it's just so simple but it's like yeah like <clears throat> that's right man i need to hear that from time to time like you know yeah. you know for me it was just that exactly right so there, there's not much self-evaluation in my opinion that goes on you know from the top down you know there's a whole lot of you know, talking about in the church. Yeah. In the church. Yeah. There's a whole lot of convicting preaching going on. Right. I mean, you can go to just about any church and get a, get a word about, you know, how you're not, baby. Yeah. How you're not doing what you're supposed (laughs) to be doing, or you're not living right, or you're not whatever, you know, a lot of messages come through that are some of them that are quite powerful that, you know, like you said, give you a, a gut check. And that's all fine and dandy. It's all wonderful. But I'm telling you, dude, if at the end of the day, you still miss the point that it's not the building, it's the people, yeah, mm-hmm. you're just wasting your time and your money, your efforts. Like, you know, it's not about getting your feel goods. It just isn't. You know, I understand people go to churches and they, they feel very uplifted when they leave. 
Well, if life was all about, you know, getting your dopamine release, you can do the same thing by having a weekly candy bar. You know, truth be told. Yeah. You know, you can slap into a Slim Jim and get the same dopamine release if that's your thing. Slim Jim. Brother. Heck yeah. But there's an experience with Jesus Christ that is missing and that, you know, I believe that the world is longing for, you know, that, man, if you just look at the Bible and read it, it has always happened outside of the four walls of the church. Think about that. Well, when the Bible happened, there wasn't a church of four walls. Well, you know what I'm saying. There was always a, there was always a synagogue, and be, and before a synagogue, there was always a tabernacle. Yeah. So there was always a tent. A tabernacle means tent, right? There was always yep. a tent. Uh, there was always a meeting place. You know, but when Jesus was on the scene for those three years doing his work, doing his ministry, that stuff happened. 99% of the stuff happened outside of the four walls of the church, proving that the life of a Christian was to exist not being bound by the four walls of the synagogue or under, you know, the headship of one man uh, other than himself. You know, God being your leader. So, yeah, that reminds me of... Uh a Piper sermon, actually. Good Lord, what is with my brain tonight? Dude, you're going <laughs> like super old school. <clears throat> well, these are the, the men I grew up listening to because they were so different. Like, they, they didn't just preach the fluff or the, hey, you're sure. going to hell. They, they charged you. They, like, like, you could feel, you know, like, the spirit of God moving through what they're saying. So it's not about them. It's not about making much of them. It's like, wow, you like pushed aside yourself and you gave a message that no one wanted to hear. And for me personally, I mean, there's only a handful, but when I heard them, man, they still stuck with me. I mean, I'm still thinking of them right now, you know, and that's God. That's not them. Not worshiping man. Not for, Oh, of course not. not and that, that was my but, point, too. It's not about, you know, following a guy or following a man that's just as flawed as you are. It's about following the person that that man is pointing you towards, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, what, what Piper was saying, and I'll probably find the clip and put it in here, but if I don't, I mean, he's, he's preaching to a conference of... Uh, young ministers, college students, and he's saying, you know, you're you're so safe inside Jerusalem, inside the church. Like, you're so safe in there, but I'm out here. Like, I'm not in there, <laughs> you know? And to paraphrase, like, get the fuck out of the building, man. Like, you got to go to the people. And that's literally what Jesus did. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. That's I mm. that's kind of a big part of the whole unchurched, I feel like, is don't tell me we need to be in a building. I mean, the reason I'm saved is because of a guy who went outside of the building. 
Yeah, that'll preach right there all by itself, brother. <laughs> I like I that. I mean, truthfully. Yeah. And it's not my words. That's God. That's Jesus. That's what he yeah. did. That was his life. Oh, well, yeah. It's evidence. It's what was written. It's what people witnessed. That's fascinating to me, man. It's absolutely fascinating to me. Billy Graham, the great evangelist. Thousands upon thousands of people. Millions of people. Yeah. Come to know Christ as a result of his message. Very rarely. I mean, probably. <laughs> we can't judge, but. Well, yeah. Well, they've done studies and said, you know, less than 10% of those were uh, still following Christ, you know, a year after, you know, their encounter at his camp meeting or whatever. Uh, that's neither here nor there. No. The the fact is, is that the gospel message was preached, people heard it, and they responded initially, right? That's well, and truth. even more than that, <clears throat> the, all three men we've noted and talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, all three of them have, I believe, done what they felt like God charged them to do and burned in them to do, just like Paul and just like... Yeah, you know, freaking Moses and all the others, and uh, yeah. that to me is like what's what's amazing. And like, sure, drum up your statistics and all that, which I do the same. I get that, but I mean, even with us, like, I'm another part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast because I feel like God's given me a voice. He's given me these ideas. And I have the background in his scripture, and there's something in me that wants to, I don't even know how to articulate it, but help the church maybe, or awaken, or stir up, and just charge other people to be like, hey, I'm going to question what you're doing. And if you can't take that, maybe you should question that. <laughs> yeah. No doubt about and it. That's what's really cool to me. Yeah. Does that make I, sense? Oh, yeah. I agree with you 100%. I mean, this, like I said, this, we're just having a conversation and recording it and putting it out there, but it's conversations that we would have either way. Uh, and, For sure. And we get a chance to, you know, invite other people to be part of the conversation. And I think that that's the most powerful thing, being able to actually have the conversation and then make a choice at the end of it to say, you know, to choose what you're going to believe and what you're not going to believe, you know, how you're going to feel and, 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 and not feel whatever. We all have choices at the end of the day. And by no means, you know, are we saying like, you know, get out of the church. Don't ever go back to church just because <laughs> we don't go to church. But yeah, I, I think that, you know, what we are saying is that Christianity, real Christianity exists outside of the church. To some extent, the fact is, is that, like I said, 90% of Jesus' ministry happened outside of the walls of the church. There's a reason yeah. for that. You know, the scripture says very, very simply that he wasn't able to do most miracles that he wanted to do in his hometown because. They knew who he was and didn't respect him for who he was. A prophet was up without honor in his own home. And it's symbolic of the church. 
majority of the ministry wasn't done inside of the church. It was done outside of the church because inside of the church, which wasn't a church, it was a synagogue, if you will. But for all intents and purposes, it was the, the church. Those inside of it saw him as the carpenter's son. Right? And he wasn't able to do much in his own town, in his own synagogue, in the own church that he grew up in, because they just saw him as the carpenter's son. And it wasn't until he was able to get outside of that area, outside of that city even, to where people didn't know him, except for those that heard of him from afar, they had to believe because of the work that was being done. He was able to do more outside of the doors of the church than he was in. Yeah. You know, it's just... You know what's kind of funny is, like, at some point, definitely in American culture, there was a, a shift from go make disciples to, bro, all you got to do, or broette, is bring them to the church, and the pastors got it from there. Yeah, and it's a true statement. It's like, at some point, it seems as though... The the Christianity we we have now is probably came out of this lazy, maybe not apathetic, but passive faith, you know, where it's like, oh, well, you know, if I just invite him to church, then that's me making disciples. Yeah. No, it ain't. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't doing shit. Right. You know, and like, that's, that's a huge part of the church today. And God, that's kind of weak and shitty. Like, you know what I mean? I do. And I agree. I'm not saying you got to go stand on a corner every day at lunch and, you know, friggin' throw the word of God out for your lunch. I'm just saying like, if it, you know, when did faith become, or your, yeah, I mean, your, your, your faith became, Hey, now I'm saved. Cool. Got it. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. You the best. Um, Peter, Larry, Steve, Jenna, Katie, and Ben all need you. I'm going to give them a church pamphlet and be like, hey, we have some food this Sunday. You want to come hear my pastor? And then that's all you ever fucking say? That's bullshit. Yeah. I think what happens is that our lack of willingness to exercise that muscle causes the church to be atrophied. We, we lose our strength. Say that I, again. I, I, I'm sorry. Say that again. Our refusal to use certain muscles like evangelism, like sharing our faith with other people causes the church to lose that muscle. And therefore, we rely on the muscle of the one person who does it full time for a living, i.e. the pastor. That's good. And so we rely on the one man and then the one man gets burnt out. Or the, or the, the one man becomes so atrophied himself because he's giving, giving, giving and never receives anything. <clears throat> he gets overloaded and becomes more susceptible 
to the temptations uh, of the world. Like starting to do stuff just for the money. Sure. Then church growth becomes solely about (laughs) getting more money in instead of um, making disciples. It's a sick cycle and it's very easy to fall into. Um, and, and I'm with you, bro. I'm not saying that I have all the answers. I'm not even saying that I'm right. I'm having a conversation with my boy and we're talking, giving our opinions and our feelings on For it. Sure. But I, I think it's pretty freaking clear that if you don't exercise certain muscles, they're just going to get weaker and fade away. And I think that that is a problem of the American church. We have failed to use certain muscles and we've become so atrophied. They just, the muscles just waste away after a while. And we just show a lack of spiritual strength. We show a lack of, um, (laughs) as I normally say, intestinal fortitude. (laughs) You know, you ain't got no balls, homie. Ain't got no nuts. Uh. Uh, testic- <clears throat> testicular fortitude. Uh, I agree, so, man. So, you know, uh, the church, I agree that the church has, has fallen into this mode of, you know, my pastor is Superman. And as long as I introduce my coworker to my pastor, my pastor will get him saved. And I'm sorry, dude, that's not church. That's not the church of Jesus Christ. That's not what Jesus intended. No. His intention was that we go out into all the world, not bring the world to the church. He never said, bring the world to the church. He said, go into all the world, teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've taught you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. That's what he said. And that, my friend, is satisfyingly deep. Boom. Mm-mm-mm. So saucy. Yeah, dude, you're right, man. We uh instead of saying, hey, look at Jesus and look what he's done for me, we again on a majority level, we say, Hey, check out my church, how cool it is. Don't you see those awesome lights and the free food and the <laughs> The cool rockin' band. Yeah. Yeah, come check us out. And then the world's like, no, there's way better shit than that. So. Yeah. I mean, you can't. Uh, listen, I'm all for some good fried chicken on a Sunday afternoon. I really am, bro. I am. I love me some good fried chicken. I really do. Hell yeah. But it ain't about that, bro. It's not about the chick. It's not about. Uh, <laughs> it's not about the chicken. It's not. It's not about the chicken, bro. It's not about the after-service meal. I mean, hell, if that's part of your selling point, then you're not selling nothing. You're not selling anything. Like there, there has to come a time when we actually proclaim who Jesus is. Like, no, dude, it's not about. I don't give a damn about what church you go to. Or what denomination your parents were, or how long it's been, da 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 da, whatever. All of that shit, none of that shit matters, dude. At the end of the day, we ought to present to people 
Jesus Christ. Because you know what? Mm. From his perspective, if we look at things from his perspective, what's revealed in scripture, the church is to be his bride. That's what it's all about. And him, the groomsman. The groom, not the groomsman. <laughs> him, the I was going to say, wait. <laughs> best man he's the friend of the groom <laughs> no he's he's the uh, he's the groom the church is to be the bride you know and and we should be introducing people to the groom to say look you can be part of this bride and it's all and what is that about that's about celebrating intimacy it's about celebrating relationship. It's introducing people to him. It's like being a Christian. It's like it should be like being the perpetual wingman. That's what it's supposed to be like. Like, look, I got the guy for you, homie. Homegirl. <laughs> <laughs> Just try not to make this gay. Um, you know, homegirl, I got the guy for you. He's tall, handsome, dark, curly hair like wool. You know? Jesus was white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't mean white people with uh, thick curly locks. You know what I'm saying, though? We should be like the wingman saying, hey, look, I got the hookup for you. I do. Man. This guy's going to treat you right. He's going to he's going to take you out. But he's going to buy you nice things. He's going to make sure that you're secure and that you're that you feel significant. Remind you how beautiful you are all the time. He's a perfect romantic guy on and on and on. Be the hookup guy. Be the wingman. That's what evangelism is about. But it's about, hey, let me introduce you into. This God who actually loves you, even at your worst state. He loves you yeah. so much that he gave his life for you. But instead, what we mostly do is say, hey, come to this building. I got someone you need to meet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> my he's, pastor, he's pretty cool, but this other guy is going to introduce you. You know, that's that's essentially what. Yeah. A ton of Christian Americans, that's what your faith is. Honestly, it's what, that's what it looks like. Yeah. We and want to introduce them to the hookup man instead of just being the hookup man ourselves. It's just like, hey, I have no problem telling you, you might be doing things wrong. <laughs> Why don't you read the Bible for yourself? Yeah. Like, let's argue. Sure. I could be wrong. You could be wrong. We could be right. Who knows? You're never going to fucking know because you don't get off your damn ass and do any studying or questioning. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. You, you never know what you think you know until you challenge what you think you know. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> That's literally how you learn. It's how you grow. That's how, well, it's not how you learn, but it's how you. It's how you own what you learn. You know, it's one thing to read it in a book. Yeah. But it's another thing to hash it out and work it with your hands, so to speak. Obviously, that's a metaphor, but, you know, like, until you're actually putting it to use somehow. You want to do what with your hands? 
<laughs> I'll show you in a few weeks. <laughs> but until you put it to use somehow, it's just something you read, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to kick a dying horse, but. Yeah, we got to put the horse out of his misery. I mean, the fact is, is that <laughs> the, uh, uh, what it, whatever, you know, goes in one ear and out the other, um, that happens without application, you know, yeah. when there's no application to the thing that you've learned or that you should have learned, then you, you haven't learned it. It's just been a, 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 a fleeing, you know, butterfly across our viewpoint. And then it goes away and vanishes 20 minutes later. We don't know what color the butterfly was, right? We weren't focused. We missed it. We missed the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And this American church is missing the opportunity at the drop of every hat. It's just, it just is what it is. If, like you said, the stat said 70% of, what was it, 16 to 32 year olds leave church after, how did that stat go again? In, the, in their, uh, after their 20s. You know? Oh, yeah. Okay. There we go. So maybe not 16 to 32 year olds after their 20s. But I mean, it's, you know, that time frame. The, you, stat, so. the, the, the point is, is that you have a mass exodus and there's a reason why. Right. Yeah. The fact is, is that the church, the modern church, as, as I read earlier to you, the modern church doesn't look like Christianity. It just doesn't. It doesn't look like true Christianity. It doesn't look like the real deal. And nobody wants to be a part of something that's fake or phony. Nobody wants to be part of something that seems to not be genuine or not to be effective. Nobody wants that. I want to be a, a part of something that's larger than me, that's affecting stuff that, that I ascribe to, that I aspire to, not ascribe to, that I aspire to. You know, that's why people like, like in my company, there, there's, you know, we're coming down to the end of the season of volunteerism, right? All summer long, people have been putting on, you know, T-shirts and overalls and gloves, and they've been helping out these different organizations, religious or not. You know, they've been doing different pro- projects around the city, cleaning up, you know, uh, neighborhoods, you know, getting, getting lawns cut for people and, and cleaning up parks and stuff like that picking up bottles that idiots keep throwing out of their cars because they're drunk, you know, stuff like that. They're, they're, they're helping out the community and they're doing it because they want to be a part of something larger than themselves, knowing that they're making a change or having an effect on the community that they live in or the community that they used to live in or whatever the case may be. They have a little bit of money and influence. They want to give back. It's the right thing to do. That's what Christianity should look like. But if Christianity stays within the four walls of the church, then it's not Christianity. All right, I feel like I'm yelling. Stop yelling at me, Michael. (laughs) No, I agree, man. One hundred. And you know, like, because I I used to be completely sold in the whole church game and the business of it. And yeah, I said that, the church game. Because honestly, a lot of it is a fucking game. And then, excuse me, good Lord. And then things happened in life that made me 
reject faith, I guess, or church or what I thought was faith. And I really had to figure a lot of life out and a lot of faith out. And that's when Jesus really found me. And I'm not going to get into the whole thing right now, but my point was like, you know, I used to be that person. And if you're that person, it doesn't mean it's over. And it doesn't mean you should, you know, leave your church necessarily. It doesn't mean you're a horrible person. It's just when you're faced with something that challenges your every core belief and being, you have to, you have to make some decisions and you, you, you're going to be changed, you know? Yeah. And, you know, maybe some people are listening to this podcast and they're feeling convicted or guilty. You're like, man, that's what I do. Like it's, it's okay. But it's it's time to question like reality and to wake up a little bit and open your Bible and figure out things for yourself, you know, and start to really like a lot of people think you can't question your pastor or your leaders. And I mean, I guess I have a rebel spirit maybe, but I've always been one to question and to be like. Well, just because you told me it's white doesn't mean it's white. Like, how do I know it's white? I want to find out it's white for myself. And yeah, there's some stubbornness there, but whatever. But like, damn well no. If I think it's like, if I find out it's white, I'd know it's white. And you ain't never going to tell me again that it's not white. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, because I own it now. I'm not just listening to someone tell me something. So like, that's what I want for everyone is to to struggle a little bit and to question a lot of it and to come to some real genuine authentic relationship with Christ and with other people who believe what you believe and who don't believe what you believe because it's not like a one time thing you know what i'm saying there's right. so much complicated shit in the world and even going through the horrible traumatic stuff that my wife and I just went through, I'm still being challenged with stuff. I'm always going to be challenged. I'm always going to have my, my foundation shook a little, but you know what? I have a a sturdy foundation because I've done the work to make it sturdy. And that's what I want for people. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it made any sense. But. No, it, it made perfect sense. I, I totally get you. I mean, if nobody else understood you, I understood you. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, you're right. Dude, this, this Christianity is personal. You know, I'm, mm. I grew up in church just like you did. And I've heard my entire life. When you stand before God, he's not going to ask where your mama been. He's not going to ask about your daddy and he's not going to want to, he's, he doesn't care about who your pastor was or what denomination that you belong to. He wants to know about you and the decisions that you've made. Good, bad, and different doesn't matter. But when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, man, 
it, it, it's nobody's fault. You can't blame anybody. You can't put ownership or responsibility on anyone else. We got to stand before a holy God ourselves, right? And yep. it doesn't matter all this other frivolous stuff. I'm telling you, it's so much easier to, to have relationship with God on this side than to ignore him your entire life or <laughs> be part of an organization your entire life and have no experience with him or relationship with him at all and then stand before him on judgment day. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a, I don't want my largest conversation with God to be when I stand before him after I die. <laughs> That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want, you know, my greatest worship for him to be as I'm standing at his feet for judgment. Hell, at that point, I'm standing before God. I'm, I'm going to need him to remember all the, <laughs> all the worship that I gave him when I was alive. When things were good, when things were bad, when things were ugly or pretty. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be trying to think of excuses or making stuff up. I'm probably getting sidetracked. Me neither, I, man. I, I really feel like I'm being too preachy right now. But No, oh, you're just talking, bro. And I'm right there with you, man. I feel the same way. And I I don't want that for other people. Right. Which is why we need to be the hookup man. Yes. The wing man. And hook Jesus Yo, up. Dog, I got that good shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Little two hood. <laughs> Dude, you can be <laughs> as hood as you want to be on okay. So, um, so yeah. That's it. I mean, that's episode 20, dude. We got deep. This is the Unchurched Podcast. We're Christians. We're believers. We love Jesus. And uh, and not ashamed of that. Um, nope. You know, not calling any particular church building my home. Or, you know, we're not calling any particular building our home. Um. But the church is the people, you know, fuck the building. We're the unchurch. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we should have put on our slogan. Set a screw. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sorry. Screw the building. We should have said, fuck the building. No, no, no we did it right. Screw the building. <laughs> <laughs> screw the building. Wait, let's clear that with our, uh, marketing director. Or, uh, man, what is she? G is the, uh, the branding director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, my wife wants to be the branding director. Yeah. We'll see what direction we need to go, and then we'll get back to you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. JK, love you long time, G. Yeah, so. Well, not like that. That's what's up. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I know it. (laughs) We know what it'd be. All right, so, uh, yeah. Episode 20, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Can't stress it enough. BT dubs. We want people to get involved. We got an email. We got a website. We got Instagram. We got Twitter. Messages. You know what I'm saying? 
Start chatting. Do you feel convicted? Are you pissed at me? Let me know. I'm strong enough to take it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you got something I'm not thinking about or haven't heard about. I mean, probably not, but maybe. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? And I'm willing to get into that conversation. Word. Because that's what this is all about. That's my two cents. Yeah. So go to www.unchurchedpodcast.wordpress.com and uh, drop us a line. You can get all of our uh, social media information there and uh, hit us up for the conversation. Um, So going forward, we're going to, you know, do some other stuff and and uh, hopefully get a chance to interview some people, not just our wives. Yes, uh, I would love to get, I mean, I I know we both know enough people to carry on some combos, so it shouldn't be too hard. No, not at all. We can just start doing it. And hey, you know, if you're listening and you want to be on the podcast, hit us up, shoot us a message. Yeah. Let's rap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. If you're stupid, we just won't air it. (laughs) Indeed. Because it's our podcast. Start your own damn one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, but really, it'd be cool. Uh, it would be indeed. Random people to join the combo. You know, that's what we want. So. Yep. But if they don't, we're still going to keep doing it. That's for it'd sure. Be crazy. That's what we be. Hi, homie. Hi, man. It's a good combo. Peace. Peace.